KXNO. Ken Miller, Trent Condon. They are Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, good morning, everybody, and welcome in. It's Miller and Condon on Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. As we start another week of 10 to noon here on 1460. Coming up on the BMW of Des Moines guest list here today, Brian, uh, Brian Walton, well, be, he'll be second. Dylan Montz is actually first. Uh, Dylan, we can't uh, flip our guests around on Monday. I'd love to be able to, but Dylan's got to partake in the Big 12 uh, coaches teleconference, so mm-hmm. Dylan has to go first, and he will at 10.30. We'll talk Iowa State and their impressive win over TCU coming up at 10.30 with Dylan. We'll take a maybe a little bit of a sneak peek ahead to West Virginia coming up this Saturday. Brian Walton, who covers the Cardinals, will slide on in here at 10.50, normally Tuesday, but this could be it for the Redbirds today after... Ah, boy, that was a tough one, Trent. The eighth inning, Andrew Miller comes in, gets out of a bases-loaded jam, induces a fly ball out of uh, Freddie Freeman, yeah, but then um, couldn't hold it in the ninth inning. So Brian Walton will stick, uh, stop by here at about 10.50. Bama Bob, Trent, and I will go around college football at 11. And then Scott Dockerman from The Athletic. We will uh, dissect Michigan, uh, their victory over Iowa this past weekend, and look ahead to primetime. Penn State under the lights, 6.30. What a night of football uh, next Saturday night. We've had some... Well, every week of college football is good. Some are better. This falls into the some are better category. If you see some of the games this week, oh my God. Monster matchups. Oh and uh starts here in our state with Kinnick Stadium and Iowa after their performance, how they're going to bounce back. Penn State, how good is this team? We're going to find out certainly this week how good the Nittany Lions are. You got that. You got LSU against Florida. Mm-hmm. Gators look a lot better than anticipated. Mm-hmm. I don't know what kind of quarterback they have, but they have an adequate quarterback it's at the a, very He's least. a quarterback with a great story, if yes. nothing else. The fact he's one of these, he's like uh, Cornelison last year at Oklahoma State. He stuck it through and finally getting his opportunity. He got hurt in the football game against Auburn. Uh, but, yeah, you're right, Trent. Uh, here's, here's the night slate. Uh, this isn't going to take a lot of eyeballs away from uh, either ABC or CBS, but certainly some. Nebraska versus Minnesota, Fox Sports 1, Penn State, Iowa, ABC. USC at Notre Dame, NBC. Those are all three. Those all three of those games are six thirty kicks. Florida LSU on ESPN. Uh, misspoke, not CBS, ESPN, but nonetheless, still a big game. Game day will be there. Um, great weekend of college football. But let's recap before we look ahead. Uh, to the coming week. We'll get baseball in the conversation as all four uh, of these divisional series continue today. Thought Friday was good. This could be just as good, hopefully, uh, with teams getting an opportunity to punch their tickets to their respective league championship series. Uh, Your twins are down, but I want to start just real quick by tipping my cap to you since that guy called you out on Twitter. You've gone (laughs) nine and one, including a five and oh week this past weekend. Yeah, winners. And you took a ton of points in these games. And I hope you bet a ton of money lines in these games because you were on fire. What's your season record now? Is it twenty and 
10? 20 and 10, 67% on the season. I would take that. That would bring home the trophy, I'm sure, for this year. Well, Nothing not against if, you, Ken. No, but not if Chris Williams was in the contest last year. Well, yeah. But he's not this year. He's, he's coming back to the pack, certainly, this year, too. See, I have no idea. He's did a game he... over 500. Oh, at least. Well. And I don't think he officially did his picks Wednesday as they were off Thursday and Friday. Oh, and by the way, they're off again today. And yes. so is Murph and Andy. So this is the final local programming uh, of the day here on KXNO. No Murph and Andy. No Fanatics as Cardinal Baseball. They will, uh, the game first pitch, 2 o'clock? Yes, 2.07. 2.07, so we'll carry the Cardinals here as they face elimination against the Braves. So again, no Murph and Andy today, no Fanatics. Fanatics, the third straight day. Yes! I wonder wow. what they're doing with their extended vacation. Uh, I know Chris Williams is drinking pumpkin beer. And I'm sure Ross is fishing. I know he said that at one point he was going to go fishing during this time. So the guys are having fun during their time off, right? Good, good for them. Absolutely. Yes. They deserve it. Uh, so anyways, that's the lineup here today on KXNO. Cardinal Baseball coming up in two. No afternoon shows. This is it for local programming. And then, of course, tomorrow morning at 6 o'clock, we'll start all over. So 5-0, and oh, excited about that. Always excited when you can get one of those weeks. And they're few and far between, certainly, throughout the years. You hope to get one, maybe two at the most throughout mm-hmm. the course of the season, the way that we did it. But... I also handed out to you, and I told you throughout the week, I had this double money line parlay that I was in love with. I just, for whatever reason, it was jumping off the page. The first part of it that seemed the easiest part to me was Oregon State. They were a six-point dog against UCLA. Oregon State has been able to score all season long. They won the game outright. They blew out UCLA on the road. The in, other In part, the Rose Bowl. In the Rose Bowl. The other part of it, though, was the one that was a little bit more tricky. It was SMU at home, Tulsa coming in. SMU ranked for the first time, and really that was the angle that I'd run into, kind of like Oregon State. Tulsa was a team that can score, not a whole lot of defense, and they were clubbing newly ranked mm-hmm. SMU. Mm-hmm. They were up, a hell of a comeback. They were up three scores. Yeah. And I had somebody text me, you're <laughs> home free. Oh, no. The now, kiss of death. Now, Ken, you That's know this. the kiss of death. I, you've, you've watched wagering for a long time. Yeah. You know how this is done. Yeah. Never, ever do you do something Never. like that. Nope, never. If you, it's you and your buddies, whatever it is, never until it goes all zeros. Until they cross the finish line. You're up by five with a furlong to run. Go get line cat Clubbed. Snapped Every, off at the wire. It doesn't matter if it you're talking sports wagering, anything. racing, whatever it is. There are no sure things, even when it looks like an absolute sure well, thing during the game. It did. Uh, coming up at eleven forty, we'll find out how Trent's fantasy team did. So, so tune in for that. Uh, let's get into let's get into what we saw this weekend, Trent. No, I'll kidding aside. Good for you, five and zero, nine and one last couple of weeks. That is stellar, uh, my friend. Um, Let's let's start with the good, and that was clearly Iowa State TCU. Mm-hmm. Look, TCU was supposedly going to bring a vaunted defense into Jack Trice Stadium. And oh, by the way, with Jack Trice Stadium, please never go to field turf. <laughs> I just love it, right? It, just, and it was all patchwork, and you can understand why these guys. The uh, uh, whoever looks after the turf at Jack Trice, I believe they've got their own Twitter handle. But regardless, they faced some some difficult challenges with all the rain that they've had. Mm-hmm. Uh, seemingly every one of their home games, and it's all kind of looks like a little bit of a cow pasture. But they got twenty days now. But I just love the grass. I yeah. just love the grass. I don't want to see it change. But that uh, that aside, the game itself, boy, so many directions we could go. Brock Purdy was unbelievable in the football game. Duggan was good. Duggan was good. Yeah, he, uh, he, he looked was like the a first freshman. Half. Yeah, he looked like a freshman early, but got it going a little bit. They tried to go to Delton and. He gave them essentially nothing. But look, Iowa State played exceptionally well on both sides of the football, I thought. Uh, guys make Zach Peterson his first start filling in for Jaquan Bailey. 
Trent, they didn't take a step back. No, not at all. Looked really good out yes. there. They were getting pressure. How about Will McDonald? Yeah, he had a sack. sack. Yes, he did. Hawaiian Vance. Yes, making that move uh, from the linebacker spot, moving back down mm-hmm. to where he was a year ago, back to defensive end. I do wonder going forward, is he going to be just too much of a tweener? Or is his home at defensive end? Will McDonald, I'm speaking of. Boy, he certainly looks like a tweener at this point, yeah. right? I mean, he's still young. and yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's a Physically, great they love him. That's a good question, Trent, because... He's not built for it, at least at this point mm-hmm. in his uh, in his uh, time at Iowa State. Anyway, but you can see why they love him. That was a really good effort, really good effort. They did the right thing by delaying the game a couple of mm-hmm. hours, uh, able to get that one in. With we were uh, both happy about that. Yeah, it was awesome. Right, <laughs> instead of being bang right on top of each other, you were able to watch the Iowa game uh, uninter- uninterrupted. Lots of lots of uh, positives. I don't know. Did they find the running back? Is Johnny Lang the answer? I'm not sure he is yet. I, I don't feel Purdy's the running back. <laughs> He's also the quarterback. That dipsy do into the end zone, the little yeah. hesitation. Yeah. I went with the stanky leg. I mean, what, what was going on well, there? The, uh, What's the defender doing? He bought it. He did. And Purdy just kept on running. It wasn't running, exactly right a thing of beauty. I mean, Iowa State fans were making this out. This is the second coming of Michael Vick. Let's slow down here a little bit. A little bit there. He's, that, that look, the he's fun to watch. Here's the good yes. news. You got him for two more years. Yeah. I mean, you got two more years. Two and a half. Two and a half because there's six games left in the six or five, well, seven rather, uh, whatever, uh, in the regular season. Um, yeah, he's fun to watch. My <laughs> God, he's so fun to watch. Uh, the receivers, Deshante Jones. I remember Trent as a freshman has, has having this conversation. Sadly, nobody heard it, but, um, and that was okay for some of the other stuff. But Deshante Jones in his freshman, uh, his freshman season thought, Oh my God, how, how good is this kid going to be? And then the sophomore and the junior seasons were kind of underwhelming. Mm-hmm. Boy, oh boy, he has taken, uh, advantage of this senior campaign. He was unbelievable. And he's the guy, the reason that he wasn't really highly regarded coming out of high school is his 40 time isn't great, but he has football speed. Yes. He, on the football mm-hmm. field, he has a different kind of gear, his ability to find those creases, find those wedges and zones, and, and get open against man. He, he's not going to wow you. He's not going to be spectacular physically, but he knows how to play the wide receiver position. He was good all over the place. Didn't matter if it was a little hitch. Didn't matter if it was up the field. He makes plays all over the field. That's who you want. That The, uh, the guy that can be a complete receiver. He is certainly that for them. And, and quite the security blanket when they need it for Brock Purdy. No, they do. And look, at Brock Purdy completed 19 passes, 10 of which were to Shante Jones. Who was second as far as receptions on that team? Uh, it was like a eight-way tie, right? With one. <laughs> Akers, Milton, Kohler, Lang, Nwangu, Wilson, Skates, Real Mitchell, <laughs> Uh, I don't remember Real Mitchell catching a pass. Yeah, it was in the fourth. It was in the fourth. Th- late third carried, or fourth. I know he carried the ball. This was, I don't know. Yeah. I, 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 anyways, um, yeah, unbelievable. I mean, Deshante Jones ten balls. Nobody else had two, which is a crazy, crazy stat. So well, the good tight for end them. got a tight, a tight end touchdown early, the first mm-hmm. touchdown of the game, and then another one later in the half as uh, Kohler went up and got it, the twenty-five yarder. I was about to text you, and then you look at the stat sheet at the end: two catches. Mm. They're gonna. Somebody's gonna get to thirty though. Kohler's oh, at. Oh, they're home free. Twenty on the I, year. Trent, I think they're. If they're not there, oh, they have to be. Because I think we put the over under thirty five. Thirty five for total catches. Out right of out of the tight end position. And did we say is there one that could get to thirty? And that's where we both. Can, eh, I'm not quite sure on that. Uh, Kohler's got twenty. Yeah. Allen's got six. Saner's got how many? Two. Two. All right. So twenty eight. 
They're going to blow. And Kohler's going to get to thirty. Himself. Oh God, yeah. He'll get to thirty-five himself. Absolutely. He's really good. You were right on on this one. I think so. I think he's going to have an opportunity to play uh, on uh, on Sunday. So mm-hmm. let's move on. Let's do Iowa and Michigan. Oh, trying. I don't know what to. I think my biggest takeaway probably on the football game. I don't think Michigan's very good. No, they're not. No, this was a winnable game, and, and these are the kind of games that continue for Iowa football. Now we've been talking a lot in the thought process. Kirk goes out, has one more great season, and maybe he decides it's time to step away, mm-hmm. and it's an easy transition for Brian taking mm-hmm. over. My question for people that want it, as you know, I've never been a proponent of that. And I have. I'm not a believer that Brian Ferentz uh-huh. is the right guy to lead this program, to be the next head coach at mm-hmm. Iowa. Does he say the right things? Yeah. Yep. Does he rankle people a little bit? And people like to see that because yep. Kirk doesn't. Right. They do. But what... Has he done as a football coach? I think that's fair, Trent, to bring up to bring this question up. If I'm his name him. was Brian Jones, no, as he wouldn't to Brian get the Ferentz, job. He wouldn't get the job. Not even close. Nope. His offenses have never taken that step forward. They are better than what we saw under Greg Davis, mm-hmm. but that's not saying a whole lot. Mm-hmm. They've never been in the top fifty in total offense since he's been the offensive coordinator. In games like this, when you need plays, in games that come down to making one big play offensively, they can't do it. Is that all on the offensive coordinator? No, it's not. Players have to make plays, but if this is the guy that you want to take over, well, Don Brown Iowa made football. his lunch this past oh, Saturday. He made him look. He really bad. did. He exposed him. Michigan had a defensive plan, and Brian Ferentz couldn't figure it out. Michigan struggled stopping the run. Mm-hmm. And what do you do throughout the second half? Down by one, one score. You continually go three wide receiver and throw the football and all over the field, and get sacked. That's the game plan there. This happens way too often for Iowa, where you get them off kilter, you get them off and they can't find a way to recover, and it happened again. And this is something that comes back to the offensive coordinator. He puts this offense together, and he did a bad job Saturday, and this isn't the first time. If it's the first time, you can allow a pass, but this continually happens. You get them off, they don't have a chance. They don't have a counterpunch with him as the offensive coordinator. No, and it showed again, Trent. It showed again. Nate Stanley had a... When, when Nate Stanley needed to be great, he was average. Mm-hmm. He was average. At Not best. his fault. Uh, the guard play was 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 oh. really bad. Was yeah. really bad. Uh, Linderbaum was good. Uh, Jackson, uh, he had his bad moments in the football game. It was just a. Um, it was a product of, look, Michigan's not that good. No. my biggest takeaway. That was a winnable game. It was a very winnable game. You hand game. them three points to begin the game. You get down 10 nothing, and you can never... Yeah, very first play of the game, right? Sergeant coughs up the football. Yeah. Defense. And by the way, Goodson's got to be the guy going forward. Absolutely. He is... He's your starting running back. He's, yes. he's he's something that you don't have. And the more you see him on the football uh, field, the more you're reminded that he is something that they don't have. He needs to be the guy going forward, I think. Because of the limitations that they have offensively mm-hmm. and schematically and what they do, you need a home run hitter. You need a guy that every couple games can bust off a 70-yard run. You can't do that with Mekhi Sardin, who's a nice back. Yep, and he's running hard this year. He he, as opposed to last year when he didn't seem to have that confidence in mm-hmm. him. Early in the year, you could tell that... Uh, that he was, he was feeling pretty good about his spot, and but but it's got to be good. So now uh, let's get a couple of good in here because there was a couple of guys on defense. There's probably more uh, that stood out. On, I thought Latimer was okay, but the yeah. two guys that jumped off my television screen uh, to me uh, were Geno Stone and Kerner. Again. Yeah. yeah, he played his ass off again. Boy, this kid, 
Um, Trent, that, he's a really nice story. Mm-hmm. He's a really nice story. Yeah, Geno Stone was terrific in the football game, and Kerner likewise. I thought both of those guys, Jack Kerner, Geno Stone, both had uh, terrific football games. Um, Chauncey Golston was good. Epinesa had a sack. I think that's only his second sack of the year. Um, who else defensively was good? I thought Nemo was pretty good. Yeah, he was. He made a couple of plays. Yeah. You're right. That's that's fair. He he made a couple of plays. But again, Michigan's defense is they're okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're going to see better. Oh, yeah. you're going to see better. Where would you rank right now? Power rank the uh, uh, the Big Ten East. I mean, Ohio State. Then who? Penn State. Penn State. Yeah. Then who? There's my question. Sparty. And the Michigan State and Michigan are kind of in I the think, same well, boat. Then they'll decide it on the field. Yeah. Right. Yeah. But. This is not the best team in the Big Ten East that uh, that picked off the Hawks this weekend. Michigan's a top twenty team, twenty twenty to twenty five. Yeah, I'd say right in that range. Shea Patterson certainly doesn't. No, wow yet he's, by he's he's not a good quarterback. He's not. He's not a good quarterback. The, the the running game is Michigan's clearly had way better. Well, and they were running the football so effectively early on, and then they went away from it. Talk about game game plan and schemes. Now, this is a reason Jim Harbaugh. I just don't get him as a head coach. It's certainly his tenure at Michigan. They're running the football incredibly effective. They start throwing it, can't do anything. Patterson's bad. He's missing throws. They got to punt it back. And, and then we got into this back and forth. But in a game, and this is the exact same game that Iowa beat them a couple years ago in Kinnick Stadium, Michigan in that one certainly was more talented than Iowa. But Harbaugh, for whatever reason, when it gets to games like this, he's content just to play this back and forth. Really should have nipped him. If Iowa had any semblance yeah. of offensively, Iowa should have won this game in Michigan. Yep. They got a lot of questions they would be answering here today. They, you're absolutely right about that, and they needed this one. I mean, yeah. this was uh, this was a come-to-Jesus game for this, uh, for this program, and they got it, but... I think Iowa helped them out significantly. All right, let's do a couple of minutes on the NFL. Let's start with the the Bears. Oh, man, um, this weekend stunk. For you? Well, you're a Twins fan. Twins fan, Bears fan, Hawk fan. Yeah, that's a good point. You went 0 for 3, but you're well in your pick, so you always have that <laughs> beside you. But the I didn't see much of the Bears. I was watching the uh, the Vikings, and the Vikings' Kurt Cousins looked really good, but tap the brakes. It's against a really bad football team. I told you Friday. He'll be fine. And he was. The Giants' 26th ranked pass defense. Yeah, this and, is a perfect. and it showed. And it showed. That is exactly the potion that you need to put on Kirk Cousins. He'll look good in that one. And he made Adam Thielen. Well, Adam Thielen can make him look good in his own right. That first touchdown. Just it's amazing. The way that he got that separation mm-hmm. at the end. Mm-hmm. There's very few wide receivers that can do yeah, that. Yeah, his second touchdown was just as good. He's um, he was he played well. Uh, the running game was on point. Again, it's against the New York Giants with mm-hmm. a rookie quarterback who, oh by the way, is shutting a whole bunch of people up uh, because Daniel Jones is he belongs in this league. Yeah, there's no ifs ands or buts about that. Now the late game, the Packers uh, and the Cowboys, the score was to the point where you know I felt I didn't really need to see a lot of it because hey I wanted to watch the Broncos and the Chargers and I was also uh mixing in the baseball at the, in that mm-hmm. late window so I didn't see a ton of the Packers um and the Cowboys in that football game but the Cowboys had a chance at the at the end what was it that the Packers did so well obviously Ezekiel Elliott didn't get going yes uh, but what else happened in the, with with as far as the Pack goes it was because you watched most of that one, right? Yeah, it, it was the running game more than anything, and, and Jones was incredibly good. How many touchdowns? Good. He had four. Five. He had four four touchdowns running the football. Had over a hundred yards there, and they just they were able to do kind of whatever they wanted here. Dallas started off three and zero. Competition gets yeah. a little bit more difficult now. now the three New and Orleans two. game was. Hmm. Yeah, it is. What is this Broncos team? Are, are you as the Broncos conf- team? Or excuse me, the Cowboys team? Are you as confident 
them Eagles for the East than you were even a week ago at this time? No. And that's the beauty of the NFL, right? Mm-hmm. Your, your opinion changes. Well, here's the one thing I come away with my big NFL take. But to answer your question, no, uh, I'm not as confident as the uh, the, the Cowboys are going to come out of the East. We've been, for the last two weeks, well, who's that third team in the AFC? Well, there isn't one. Well, who's the, is, is, I kept who? telling you one team. I'm telling you, you're right, Trent, because this Colts team, now again, it's it's one game and we're probably going to overreact, but this was Patrick Mahomes that they shut down in the second half. A banged and, up Patrick Mahomes. I was going to say, and he wasn't the same after he got that ankle rolled or kicked or whatever mm-hmm. it was. I don't think stepped it was rolled. On. It was stepped on. Um he wasn't the same player, and if you can keep him in the pocket, and they didn't on his touchdown throw, and thank God they didn't, because what a highlight. <laughs> I mean, what an incredible highlight. But this Colts team, Jacoby Brissett, they can run the football, they've got some weapons, they've got a pass rush, they've got an offensive line. We knew they had an offensive line. Was unsure about the rest of it. But you know what? Their their leader, Andrew Luck, walks away from this team, and I'm not criticizing for this. You do what you want to do. Everybody's got their own going on between their own two, two ears. Um, he walked away, didn't want to play. They rallied around the quarterback, and they rallied around the quarterback, Trent, who's got some ability. He is adequate. He's good enough. Good enough. With an elite offensive line. Mm-hmm. Interior, we talked about how bad Iowa was interior offensive line. Is this the most interior offensive line we talked in a in a Monday uh, morning review? Well, I find myself watching the play, rewinding the play, mm-hmm. so I can watch Quinton Nelson. He is so good. Oh, my God. He's, um, how many times have you seen a guard drafted six overall? Right. A guard. Right. I mean, yeah. okay, left tackle, you can, he's mm-hmm. going to sneak his way in, but a guard. Brandon Sheriff. Right. There, there's Perfect another example. one in, in a guy that they mm-hmm. said, he's not a tackle. Robert Gallery went too as a tackle, ended up as a guard. And he was a very good he guard. He was a good guard, but, but he was, he was drafted tackle. second overall as a left tackle. But uh, Quentin Nelson, he's just a road player. Him a and great, Costanzo together. Yes. I mean, did, some of those double teams, they showed one mm-hmm. where they just, they took the, I can't remember who it was, a chief inside guy though, and just moved him off the ball five yards back. He's just playing Oof. on his heels back. It's fun to watch. They can run it. Mac is special. He is a yeah. special running back, mm-hmm. and he's been banged up himself this year. But he's did he really go over hundred? Yeah, he did. He went over hundred for sure. Hines is a great change of pace back. They can do those little jet sweeps with him. They do different things. Third down back, they can catch it there. They have wide receivers. When T.Y. Hilton's healthy, this offense is good, and the defense is very good too. There's a blueprint there. There's a blueprint. They're, they're more than likely going to have to go on the road to do it, and go on the road beat either the Chiefs, Patriots, or maybe even both, which is going to be incredibly difficult. But if you're looking for a third team, I still like the Colts. What do we think of the Texans? Could you throw them in the mix? Watson was really good again. Yeah, Atlanta's Just got to keep them up or out. Yeah, Fuller had a game. Fuller had a game. Boy, I'm glad you brought up uh, uh, Deshaun Watson. Did you see two weeks ago, right after his press conference, he was asked a question, Mm -hmm. and he explained to the guy that asked the question what was actually uh, unfolding. Mm -hmm. And I don't think he did that to ridicule or to shame the reporter. Well, fast forward to yesterday... And I here's what I want to know, because I think it was. The same reporter asked a question, knowing that it would lead into Watson, going on a, I think the, yesterday was a two- or three-minute narrative explanation of what was going on, what Atlanta tried to do mm-hmm. in their defensive schemes. Trent, that's... That's appointment listening to me. I, I'm right I there with you. Get, it's kind of like when Urban Meyer does those BTN three or four minute videos mm-hmm. with uh, with Donardo. I can't get enough of those. Watching Watson tell us exactly what the defenses were doing and all those alignments. If you're a football junkie, search for that on Twitter because you'll be glad you did. 
We uh, did speed past the Bears. I just want to tell you that loss is going to linger because now this schedule gets incredibly well, they're difficult. off this week. Well, they get Trubisky back because, oh, by the way, we overreacted. Yeah. Well, I did to Chase Daniel, right? <laughs> well, I'm not saying Trubisky's a world beater. Well, the, but Daniel they, they looked, both stink, let's be honest. Yeah, but Daniel looked like a backup quarterback. Yeah. We got we got 10 seconds left here before we got to get to break. I said before the year the Bears really needed to be 4-1 and one before this bye week. Uh-huh. They didn't get there. And so what do they got coming up? They have the Saints coming up. That is what they get afterwards. Bridgewater's playing well. And, oh, by the way, Drew Brees is on the cusp of coming back. The Chargers after that that looks mm. more winnable and it's yeah. in Soldier Field. But how about this? At Philly, <sighs> Detroit, at the Rams, Giants, okay, there's a win. At Detroit on Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. home for Dallas, and then the final three. At Green Bay, home for Kansas City, at Minnesota. Jeez. For this team to win 10 plus games, they yeah. had to be 4-1 through you this You gotta stretch. beat the Raiders. You gotta beat the Raiders. They're in trouble to be a playoff team. Indeed. Alright, Trent, it's that time. It's uh, time to put $1,000 or give you an opportunity to put $1,000 in your... I'm going to try and put $1,000 in your bull bankroll. Text the keyword YOGA to 200-200. We've got another one of these uh, keywords coming up in the 11 o'clock hour. But let's see if we can help build that bull bankroll as yours uh, as we give away a... In this nationwide contest. Dylan Montz joins the program next. Miller & Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. It's 24-hour sports, morning, noon, and night, here on 1460 KXNO. Hi, welcome back, Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO, with you until noon. Brian Walton on the Cardinals, they face elimination. You can hear the game today, 2 o'clock. No Murph and Andy today, no Fanatics today. Murph and Andy off Fanatics. Did I hear maybe there's going to be like a... A short little piece there before. Half an hour, maybe. Before the Iowa State Coaches Show. At 6.30, I doubt the boys are going to get on the air. But uh, we know Murph and Andy are off. Fanatics, in all likelihood, will be off for the third straight day. Dylan Montz is working today. He's going to listen to the Big 12 uh, coaches' teleconferences coming up. But before that, he joins us uh, to recap and to look ahead. Dylan, Trent, and Ken, thanks for coming on, Dylan Montz. How are you? Doing pretty well, guys. How about yourselves? Doing well. Uh, you know, there's lots of uh, a lot of good things came out of that football game. Brock Purdy was at his best uh, again, whether he be throwing the ball to Deshante Jones, and what a weapon he has become. Uh, Ten catches, second leading uh, as far as completions was won by I think eight or nine guys. But that that aside, uh, Brock Purdy had I don't know was that his best game? He certainly had uh, had his moments since he's taken over the starting role. He was really good against TCU again. Yeah, setting the Louisiana Monroe game aside, probably I'd say that's as complete or as good as he's looked. Uh, being able to run the football, being able to to pass it and distribute it well, and that was kind of one of the interesting parts about the game to me was that Deshante Jones had ten catches, and like you mentioned, he's he's become really solid and and been that safety blanket in the absence of a Hakeem Butler type. Um, you know, with his skill set being so different, Deshante Jones has been able to make play after play, and then um, they had uh, nine different pass catchers after that, all of whom had. <laughs> exactly one catch, which is kind of interesting. And, you know, the coaches talked about uh, ball distribution and how important it would be to spread it around. I don't know if that's exactly what they had in mind is, you know, right. guys having one catch, but um, still kind of interesting. And I think shows maybe some of the versatility that the past game um, has been able to develop here. Let's go over to the running game then. Of course, Iowa State gets a 100-yard rusher and Purdy but the running back position, it was Johnny Lang that got the most carries. Saw a little bit of Jirel Brock, a little bit of Brees Hole, but not a whole lot there. Are they going to rely on Lang as 
the quote-unquote starter, the guy that's going to get the most carries going forward, or is this still a work in progress? Yeah, they'll, they'll probably go to Lang first, uh, would be my guess. And I, I still am kind of in the camp that Kanena Wonga would be mm-hmm. probably their best option if he were to be healthy. Um, I don't think he had a carry in the game, but he, he did go out and catch a pass. Um, he was in on kick return, which he hadn't been recently. So uh, maybe as he starts to get healthier, you see him in the rotation a little bit more. But, um, you know, I thought Johnny Lang did some good things here and there, particularly late when he was able to run the ball ball a little bit more effectively. But, um, you know, it was kind of interesting after the game, Matt Campbell was asked how he views Purdy in terms of the rushing, if the quarterback runs are a little bit separate from the running backs, and if that mitigates maybe some of the issues that they've had getting the running backs going and, he said, really, that he kind of he counts Purdy's attempts and um, his rushing yards as part of the running game as a whole, unless he's out scrambling around. Uh, that's the only time that it's maybe not considered part of maybe what the the running backs do, are doing as a whole. So it, it's nice that Purdy's running. It's nice that Lang's had some moments, um, but you need to see it with more consistency, and particularly you need to see it with those five guys in the backfield um, to kind of maybe take some pressure off off Brock Purdy as they move forward here, because guys obviously are going to start. Uh, keying in on him um, in both aspects of the game, running and throwing. That's a great point. Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. Dylan, Zach Peterson was really, really good. Uh, look at Jaquan Bailey. We now know he's had surgery. I think his uh, uh, the likelihood of him playing again this year, I think it would be prudent for him to come back for another year, especially the senior season, regardless of how much is left if he does play. Certainly not going to be what he thought it was, so that remains to be seen. But in his place, uh, Zach Peterson, in his uh, Bailey's absence, I thought he was really good. Yeah, I did too. Uh, and he's he's been kind of an interesting guy, even tracking back to the spring and the summer. Um, he put the most weight on his body as anybody on the team, so uh, he looks like a different guy even than he would, what he was last year. But he's really smart. He's physical. Uh, I think um, leading up to the game, um, I can't remember who it was, but a few different guys were saying that that, that guy likes to go hit. I, I think it was Mike Rose, actually. He's, like, he, he's, he's almost like a little missile out there uh, running around after guys. He likes to practice. He likes to do all those kind of uh, you know physical-type things. So I thought he was he was really good, made some, made some key plays, could have had a few more even early in the game. He had um, Max Duggan kind of in his sights for a sack, missed him a couple of different times, but – um, you know, those are all kinds of things you can go and correct. But I thought um, the, the depth that that defensive line has was really apparent in that game. You even saw a guy like Tucker Robertson come into the rotation. Matt Leo made a play. Yep. Um, so that they're getting guys in. Um, you know, you can't necessarily replace Jaquan Bailey super easy. You'd like to have him out there, obviously. But um, having a guy like Peterson step in and, and perform as consistently as he had is uh, is a big plus. So uh, good to see for him. Uh, I'll use your term, uh, running around like a little missile out there. And that was, that's was that been Greg Eisworth since he stepped on campus until the ULM game when he clearly hurt his shoulder, didn't get back into the football game. The Baylor game, he had an opportunity to use his right arm. Uh, it didn't look like he wanted to raise it uh, above his head. And then we saw him go out again. This is a different team defensively, not as good clearly. When Eisworth is not on the field, there's something wrong with this shoulder. And I think it's worse than being let on, Dylan. Yeah, I think it's, it, you know, there, there's been too many things now that have happened in a row, and I've, I've not heard one way or the other, but uh, he looked like he was in a lot of pain um, in, in the game against TCU. Obviously, he didn't come back, and that Campbell said he could have. So I think it's probably a thing where it's, you know, he's, he's trying to work through the pain here, but, um, you know, I'm not saying it's this because I don't know for sure, but you think about Brian TV last year who played with, mm, a, yeah. what was it? I think a, tor- a torn labrum. Mm-hmm. Uh, it didn't really come out until the end of the year that he was playing through the pain the whole time because he didn't want to 
miss any time. You know, you, you got to wonder about Greg Eisworth too. But, um, you know, I, I think later in the game when TC started to take a few more shots, they had, I would say it had, um, you know, backups in. I think Arnold Bazuna was in, mm-hmm. Justin Bickham, um, Keontae Jones was in there a little bit. And, um, you know, TC went out and made some good plays. Jalen Rager had a couple catches, but, um, you know, maybe Greg Eisworth comes in if he's able to stay and, and, and erases some of those. So it, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him going forward because he's obviously a guy like we've talked about that, um, you know, kind of up the middle with a Ray Lima type with an Orion Vance or Mike Rose and then Greg Eisworth himself. Um, they need to be strong there if the, the defense is going to kind of stay intact. Dylan, it shouldn't have been a surprise the way this one played out because it was played in October. Anything at all, any read into this one? It looked like a different team than the one certainly we saw a week ago against Baylor and we saw earlier this season. What is it about this month that suddenly Iowa State seems every year under Matt Campbell to play their best football? Yeah, I think you know part of it. I think is just kind of figuring out what their strengths and weaknesses are. Uh, you know, September the last several years they've they've had their ups and downs. Obviously, the Iowa game has always been kind of a learning point for them. Um, you know, and then they kind of work through the FCS games or the non the rest of the non conference, and then they get to October. And, and part of it is the schedule. I mean, this year it's been well for them to potentially go for and all again um, with the West Virginia road trip, a Texas Tech road trip, and then Oklahoma State at home will be kind of an interesting one. But um, I, th- I think it's more just kind of figuring out what everybody can do well and um, playing really clean. Uh, that's kind of the one thing that. Has been up and down for Iowa State this year. Is not turning the ball over, going and finishing drives, not stalling out on the plus side of the field. Um, you know, I think that's kind of what's led them to have, have successful October. Is they've been able to kind of do the marginal things, as Matt Campbell likes to always say. So um, they're going to need to do it again. Uh, TCU that that game was obviously a good start and being able to kind of play uh, complementary with the offense and defense, but. Um, you know, the two road trips coming up are interesting because, you know, you, you play away from home and, um, you know, the, it seems like those those marginal things are, are kind of heightened. Uh, Dylan Monstella, my last thing for you. Um, look, I, part of the game plan was clearly not to kick the ball to Rager, and why would they? Uh, he's, he's so good. He finally got going late in the football game, but defensively they'd taken him out of it as well. The squib kick might have uh, been the worst squib kick I've ever seen in the history of football. <laughs> I mean, that's a little hyperbolic, but, I mean, you hit the guy that's standing on the 50. Um, that was that was bad. I get what they were doing, but, boy, that wouldn't, they need some work on that squib, squib kickoff drill. Yeah, at that point, you almost want to kick it to, to Rager, and, you know, he probably doesn't even get to the 50 on that. So, right. uh, yeah, the, the one they, they squibbed, and they were able to get the fumble off, which is good. But, yeah, yeah when, when you kick that ball, you got to make sure it gets at least over that first guy's head and, uh, you know, down to maybe like that 30. Uh, but, yeah, it, it's something that they'll continue to work on. And I think Braden Darvison is actually out there kicking uh, a little bit as well. So that, that was kind of maybe a departure from – uh, what they've been doing. Uh, last thing, Dylan, I'm sure you didn't have much of an opportunity, if at all, uh, with, the, with the delay to see Texas and West Virginia. West Virginia surprised me a little bit, Dylan. Um, the Austin Kendall he threw the ball a ton, and Iowa State's clearly the, the, uh, their deficiency on defense is in that secondary, especially if Eisworth is banged up and has to, you know, I'm not saying he's not going to play, but he's not going to play at 100% clearly. Uh, they can throw the ball around a little bit. Uh, West Virginia, maybe they're starting to figure things, some things out as well as they, they play Texas pretty darn tough. Yeah, I think it's kind of a new coach thing. The first few games might be yeah. rough, and then as the middle of the season gets going, get into the later stages of the year, you kind of know what you are. Everybody's on the same page a little bit more. So I think 
Um, for Iowa State to kind of go against that offense, the pass rush is going to be really important. Um, you'll have to get any Wazirike going. You'll have to get mm-hmm. Ray Lima getting good push. Um, Zach Peterson is, is going to be key. Um, you want to make Austin Kendall uncomfortable. Uh, that's the biggest thing. If if there are deficiencies in the secondary, if Greg Eisworth is, is not 100%, um, you're going to need to make Kendall uncomfortable, make him make quick decisions, um, it just kind of not make life very easy on him. Uh, that's going to be the biggest thing. So uh, it, it'll be interesting to see because I think Iowa State has done variations of its 3-3-5 so far, and especially with young quarterbacks or inexperienced quarterbacks. They've tried to really throw a lot at them. I think uh, the, the Duggan game last, last week was a prime example. So, uh, yeah, it's going to be key to, to kind of uh, disrupting as much rhythm as possible. Texas Tech kickoff has been announced 11 o'clock. Uh, the, so a week from uh, a week from Saturday, they will head to Lubbock, and so will Dylan Mons for an eleven o'clock kickoff. Dylan, we will uh, we'll talk to you on Friday. I'm uh, assuming as you're making your way uh, into Pittsburgh. Thank you, Dylan Mons. Have a great week. Appreciate it. Yep. Thank you, guys. Take care. Good to talk to Dylan Mons, Ames Tribune, AmesTrib.com. So eleven o'clock kick for Texas Tech. Same time as Iowa Purdue. Oh, are you kidding me? I wish I was. Well, maybe I'll get a weather delay. <laughs> well, if Iowa State's involved, there's a chance, although the game's not in Ames. Man, maybe it'll happen back over at Kinnick Stadium. They've been snake But Speaking of Purdue, we're going to give away Purdue tickets. I'm not sure if the webpage is completely set up yet. Uh, we gave away those tickets to the Michigan, uh, to the Penn State game this coming week based on the result of Michigan and Iowa. We asked you uh, to predict the total points closest without going over. Everybody went over. Everybody went over. <laughs> Every single person. Not one person This is the old the price, price and rice thing. I always yell about it. Just pick one. Somebody pick one. Right, exactly. Exactly. You I guess two the would be the minimum in a football game, right? Two nothing is the lowest score. Yeah, but I would have given you one. Yeah, it would have been a winner. It would have been a winner. But everybody had more than thirteen, so we had to go to tiebreaker number one. Indeed, and we—that was the total passing yards by Nate Stanley. That was two sixty. And who was our winner? Trent Condon. Jeff was the uh, young man's name. That'll be in Kinnick Stadium Saturday night for Iowa Penn State. All he had to do yeah. go to kxno.com, sign up there, and you can do it. Coming up here. In the coming days for those tickets, Iowa-Purdue. Yes, it's not quite completed yet. I'm, in, I'm on kxandno.com right now, so they're still working on that, but uh, at some point. So what we're going to have you do is um, you know, keep checking throughout the day, predict the score of Iowa-Iowa State. Total points. Iowa-Penn State. Iowa-Penn State. Uh, Iowa-Penn State. Total points. Don't need to know who's going to win. Just how many points will they do two teams combine to score, just like last week? I'm going to guess there's going to be more than 13. I sure hope so. Although, you know what? I, I was good with 10-3. I mean, it was a different football game. Yeah, it if it would have been different. 10-3 the other way, it would have been, been better. better. Yeah. That would have been way better. Um, but it wasn't, sadly. Uh, so we're going to give away tickets to the Purdue game based on this week's Penn State result. Uh, we'll give you an opportunity. We'll let you know when that page is developed. You can just check yourself, kxno.com. Click on the contest page. Very simple. Very, very simple. How many points will be scored total? Closest without going over Penn State versus Iowa. Don't need to know who's going to win the game. Uh, we sure hope the Cardinals win the game today. Well, Brian Walt will talk about that next. The Cardinals play at 2 o'clock. There is no Murph and Andy. There is no Fanatics today. Both of those shows resume tomorrow, win or lose, because there is no game tomorrow. Tomorrow's a travel day. They'll be going for Game 5. If they get to there. If necessary. So, well, maybe we should... Let's save that. we got four series. How many will end tonight? You're hot. I do want to get your opinion on that before we get out of here. We could have four division series over. I hope that's not the case. I know. 
Need a little drama. Yeah, yeah absolutely. We'll come back with uh, Brian Walton. What do the Cardinals need to do, uh, well, other than score more runs, to advance back to Atlanta for a pivotal, deciding game number five? Felt like one got away yesterday. Brian Walton next. Miller and Condon till noon. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460. org. Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. All right, welcome back. Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 1460 KXNO. Cardinals play here. You can hear game four right here. Two o'clock, first pitch, 207, I think Trent said, to be accurate. Um, Pivotal, I mean, decisive. Cards lose, season is over. Had the Braves up against the ropes. Brian Walton, the CardinalNation.com, joins us. Brian, good to talk to you. You know what? how I'll remember yesterday's game? It's been disappointing in a lot of ways. But how about Adam Wainwright, right? I mean, this point in his career to do what he did to get his team, uh, what he goes, seven and two thirds, and then Miller got the, uh, uh, got Freeman to fly out the center in the, uh, uh, in the top of the eighth. What a performance, though, out of the veteran Wainwright. You know, and it's such a contrast. You know, if you folks remember the second to last game of the regular season, he had a chance to, to uh, close the Cubs out at home and couldn't get the job done, gave up four home runs, got bombed for 12 hits. And, you know, with Adam Wainwright, when he's on, he's great, and when he's not, you know, he struggles. And, and that game uh, on on uh, Sunday was, you know, one for the ages for him. It's just a shame that uh, the team couldn't close it out. The yeah. offense couldn't get the job done, and, of course, closer Carlos Martinez uh, really laid an egg in the worst possible situation. Yeah, he really did. You know what you had in that game, Brian? You had the the youth, right? The guy just beginning his career in Soraka, who was unbelievable in his own right against the veteran uh, in Wainwright. You know, you mentioned Martinez. It, just, it was just disappointed. Did they do the right thing? Um, you know, what? trying to, I mean, he had his choice, right? Uh, they were going to put a guy on, put McCann on, and they did, and have Swanson come up and try and beat him, and that's exactly what happened as he hit the first pitch. I thought it was gone when it left his bat, but uh, was that the right move, do you think, Brian? I mean, obviously a lot of second-guessing knowing the result, but was that the right move? Well, clearly it wasn't based on what happened, but the the logic that Mike Schilt shared was that Dansby Swanson was 0-6 for six for his career against Carlos Martinez, but and and that's true. But it, if you look at the fact he was two for three in the game, mm-hmm. and you know Danzy Swanson was clearly one of the hottest hitters of the night. And then you look at Brian McCann, you know who's not known as a great hitter, and he's been in a terrible spot. He's batting one seventy four since September first. And you know, my take is, hey, you know, you're in the postseason. Either you're better than the other guys or not. I w- I think they should have gone after McCann, but that's easy to say based on you know how things turned out. I was thinking watching Carlos Martinez, of course, dealt with the injury a year ago, coming back and being in the bullpen. Is that long-term for him? Is he a bullpen piece going forward throughout his Cardinals career, or is there a possibility he becomes a starter again? I think there's a good possibility he becomes a starter again. The question is, you know, what's going on with a guy's shoulder? You know, how is it that he can't start, but he can pitch in relief, you know, every day or every couple of days? Um it's just an odd, odd situation. There's another challenge in that the Cardinals closer, Jordan Hicks, who was the guy who would normally have been in that situation, is going to be out till midseason. So, you know, if they put Martinez back in the rotation, you know, potentially to, um, uh, you know, for 2020, who's going to be their closer for the first six months? But, you know, that's stuff we can talk about all winter. The challenge is if the Cardinals get a one, have a one-run lead in the ninth inning today, are we going to see Carlos Martinez mm. again? 
Mike Schilt said, yes, he's my guy, but then he's also now kind of dancing around the issues with Acuna and the, the talk back and forth as to whether that's in his head. And so, you know, we don't know what's going to happen. Maybe Mike Schilt doesn't know what's going to happen either. Yeah, the Acuna thing, uh, Yachty had to get up from behind uh, the plate and actually escort him down to first base to uh, to prevent that from escalating. So Martinez was the GOAT, or was he? Bader, not the best move in his own right uh, in that eighth inning, getting uh, getting picked off trying to go to third, uh, and, and could have, as we find out, probably scored from second base had he had elected just to stay put. That was such a crucial spot in the game, Ken. I mean, they had just gotten through. You know, Miller got that last out against Freeman, as you said, with the bases loaded in the top of the eighth. Now they're in the bottom of the eighth, and Carpenter draws a walk, and you got, you know, you got uh, a important insurance run at second base. And you know, I, the other thing that we missed, you know, Paul DeYoung was had a two zero count, and you know, he hit this lazy fly ball when you know everybody, a lot of folks wanted to see him just advance the darn runners, and then Bader, of course, gets picked off. And, you know, it just everything went to heck then, and now they had that one-run lead instead of a, li- a bit of a cushion for Martinez in the ninth. So the bullpen, for all intents and purposes, ready to go. Martinez threw 26 pitches, but everybody else got to figure today going to be a very short leash, leash on Dakota Hudson. Yeah, and, and the other the other thing, Trent, is that Miles Michaelis, you know, is is available yeah. as well, and he can mm-hmm. pitch multiple innings. And one of the formulas that we've seen really across all of baseball here in the playoffs is teams taking starters, you know, like a Strasburg, uh, like a Max Reed, very successfully for the for the Braves, and, you know, put them in a, in a relief role to help bridge them to those later innings. So I think, yeah, Hudson will have an extremely short leash. I think we'll, we could see Michaelis. And, again, you know, who gets the ninth is anybody's business. You know, uh, Giovanni Gallegos is a, is a young guy, mm-hmm. the guy they got from the Yankees in the Luke Voigt trade, and he's the folks that a lot of folks want to see. But he's, you know, he's untested on the big stage still, and, uh, you know, there's risk no matter who they put out there. Speaking of what you want to see, you want to see Dexter Fowler do a little bit more business out of that leadoff spot. Boy, they could use him. Well, that whole offense, I mean, you know, <laughs> the Braves starting pitchers in this, in this series have an ERA under one. Mm. And part of the reason, Dexter Fowler, one for 12. Wong and Wong, Molina, two yep. for 12. DeYoung, two for 10. I mean, the Cardinals' offense just isn't getting the job done. When you score one run over two games, you know, chances are pretty good you're going to lose them both. So, you know, as much as we can get on Martinez, as we should, as much as we can get on, you know, maybe on Mike Schill on some of the decisions he made, if the offense would just score some runs, they wouldn't be in this mess. Dallas Keuchel today, and maybe Dallas Keuchel in a Cardinal uniform yesterday, uh, next year. Been a lot of conversation about that here over the last 24 hours. I, as somebody that the Cardinals have been interested in leading up to his signing here this summer, you see that a big possibility, a possibility he's in St. Louis next season? Certainly a possibility. There were concerns, you know, as he was a free agent and was available, of course, until June, that, you know, his peripherals were down. Were down. He's a guy that's in the later years of his career, but, you know, he's shown with the Braves that he's still a very valuable person. Uh, I, you know, a lot of questions about what the Cardinals are going to do, as we talked about with Martinez. You know, what, you know, what are they going to do with their rotation next year? We don't know if Wainwright's coming back yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, we certainly know Walker's probably going to leave. So there's a lot of open questions, but again, you know, we got all winter to talk about what the Cardinals are going to do as, in free agency. Will they get back to Atlanta, Brian Walton? Call your shots. Just going back to Atlanta? I think they've got, I think they can do it. I think they can get him back. And then, you know, it's going to be whether Jack Flaherty, you know, can, mm-hmm. can hold him off or not. I, I think right now the odds are 25 75 in Atlanta's favor. So, but, uh, you know, this Cardinal team has been pretty resilient all year. When he's counted them out, they found a way to get off the mat. And, That's uh, for sure. You know, at home, 
I, I think they can do it. I hope you're right, Brian Walton. Thank you, Brian. Enjoy the game today. Appreciate you coming on. Talk to you next time. Yep, good to talk to you. Brian Walton, CardinalNation.com on the Cardinals. If there is a game, it'll be Wednesday. No fanatics. <laughs> Four o'clock. Well, depending. The, the other I game guess could if LA, Yeah, yes. that's true. But as it stands right now, if it does get back to anyway, right. we shall see. Uh, the 11 o'clock hour coming up next, Bama Bob Trent and I will begin it by going around college football on Des Moines Sports Station 1460 KXNO.